everyone. Finical Magazine proudly presents to you the Finical Podcast. Finical Magazine is your daily source of financial and business news. We have now initiated our own podcast where we will discuss and talk about various concepts of business, economics, social, entrepreneurs, and anything and everything related to finance. We will also have entrepreneurs, industrialists, and financial gurus who will guide us and discuss all they do and all that they have learned and experienced throughout their journey. Our guest for today is Ms. Ruchi Agarwal. She is the founder of Mentor Result, a mentorship venture to help students and professionals reach their career goals. She is an alumna of IIM Ahmedabad. She scored 99.99% percentile in CAT and has an All India rank across several prestigious exams such as CA Foundation and ICSE. Good afternoon, ma'am, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Sana Mashwal and I'm going to be your host and I welcome you to the Finical Podcast. Hi, hi Sana. Hope you're doing well and thanks so much for having me. Uh, you know, very excited to be talking to Finical uh, about uh, in their, you know, amazing podcast series uh, and, you know, helping people make better decisions about their career at this crucial stage in their life. Thank you so much, ma'am. I think right now with so many things available, we really do need someone who can guide us forward. And that I think is going to get us to the topic, which is a fresh perspective on consulting. So beginning with the basics, what exactly is consulting and what do companies and why do companies appoint consultants and how would you explain that? Hmm. Uh, So consulting, you know, if if you go back in history, uh, you know, the, the consulting has its roots in actually law. Right. So law is the first professional services venture started by people, right, where you have a set of professionals, each one of which understands, uh, you know, the core skills needed. They have a way to practice their subject and they are critical to the functioning of every business. But every business may not have, you know, the people with those specialized skills to help them. That's how law started. Right. Uh, Consulting is actually, uh, uh, you know, it, it has its roots in the professional services structure of law. And it provides a specialized service. Now, what exactly is consulting, right? What What is it that you're doing in consulting? Uh, so let's take an example of any company, right? Any company that could be, let's say, uh, you know, an HUL, Unilever, right? Or it could be, uh, let's say, a Samsung. Or it could be any company that's producing anything, technology, goods, uh, creating value in society. Now, the thing is, as a company grows and becomes bigger, typically the problems that they face become very complex, Right. And uh, you can, of course, solve problems through expertise, through leadership, through internal resources. But more often than not, there are critical pieces that are missing for companies to grow beyond a point or there are problems that they're just not able to solve. And what would be ideal in that situation is if you can get someone whose core competence is problem solving, someone who knows how to solve problems as uh, you know, a professional who, who deals with solving difficult problems and who understands the problem solving fundamentals like benchmarking who understands problem solving fundamentals like segmentation, uh, research, primary research, secondary research, having conversations, having a nose for value, understanding finance well, understanding operations well, understanding sales well, understanding all parts of the business at the same time, and having the ability to communicate with various stakeholders, you know, both the office pune and, you know, the CEO of the company, both a customer that's coming to a rural branch in a bank to the, you know, the MD of said bank. Uh, you need people who are able to do that. And it's a very specialized skill set that people have spent 
you know, a lot of time in developing and sometimes have a knack for it to get started. That's basically what consultants do, right? This is what they come in for to solve a specific problem that the company isn't able to solve itself. You know, it could be expanding revenue. It could be saving costs. It could be figuring out how to do hiring better. It could be entering a new market. It could be creating a new product, but a problem that they're not able to solve themselves and they want experts to come in. Experts, not necessarily in the industry, but in experts in solving problems, right? Uh, they want those experts to come in. This is exactly the reason why consulting started as a business. And uh, this is what consulting companies do. They make a proposal for a specific problem that a company has, and they help them solve that problem over a three-month to 12-month project, depending on the problem. Right, right, right. So, like, consultants, they, they obviously must be different types. So, could you please elaborate on the different types of consulting and what are the top consulting companies as well? Sure. So, uh, you know, I would say one of the most uh, well-known types of consulting is actually strategy consulting, right? So uh, that's like the purest, in a way, a purest form of consulting where you're just coming as a generalist, as someone who deals in solving problems and solves any strategic problem that a company would have. And typically strategy consultants talk to a senior leader, right? Either a CEO or a CFO or a CXO, right? So it's a big problem for the company that they're trying to solve. Apart from this, there are also different uh, types of consulting uh, subgroups that have formed which are more specialized. For example, technology consulting, right? What we hear uh, with TCS or with Accenture are actually technology consulting problems, not right. strategy consulting. There might also be HR consulting uh, companies, right? Who help people solve HR problems specific to human resource management, hiring, recruitment, etc. So there are different types of where you're helping solve a niche problem. But I think one of the most well-known forms of consulting is strategy consulting, management consulting, right? Where you deal with top management and you help them solve problems. I think some of the popular companies uh, that you hear of in this space is uh, what we call the big three, right? MBB, McKinsey, BCG, Bain. Right. So these are the companies that uh, are the oldest and are globally the largest, most well spread out. And uh, I think they have a very good talent pool because of which, you know, and they maintain that talent pool for a long time. And consulting is all about people, right? So which is why they are the most right. well known. Uh, apart from this, also there are several other uh, companies that do similar work. But I think these are the three most well-known and uh, typically the ones that deal with uh, larger clients. So consulting as a profession definitely sounds very interesting. Could you please tell us that what a day in a life of a consultant working in one of the big companies would look like? Hmm. Uh, so you wake up Monday morning and uh, you have your breakfast and you take a flight. <laughs> that, that's the what consulting used to look like pre pre uh, pre COVID. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of travel. There is, uh, you know, you typically because it's such a client heavy industry. Uh, you know, you work a lot with uh, with with clients directly in their offices. You work a lot. Uh, you know, talking to them uh, through their uh, you know through their day at their workplace. This is you know a, a large part of what consulting is. If I were to break down the activities of a consultant, I would say there are four big parts, right? Uh, the first uh, part of any consulting uh, role is uh, client meetings, right? So in-person meetings, informal conversations with junior clients, you know, requests for data, uh, you know, uh, any updates that you're providing to senior leadership. It's all one, the most important part is it's all about client meetings, right? Uh, the second part is data analysis. So 
uh, it's a given that it's a problem solving field there's a lot of data analysis that happens in consulting so number crunching creating models extracting insights right you are analyzing data consistently uh, i think the one special part about consulting beyond data analysis is slide making right or creating insights basically so i think you must have people hear a lot about this right you need to be really good at making slides if you are in consulting why is that why do consultants like slides because uh consulting has a lot of emphasis on being able to communicate insights rather than data right you can do you can have an, people in analytics come and do data crunching for you but uh, consulting really marries insights with the data so the data tells a story right it gives you an insight it tells you you tie different sources of data internal data external data benchmarks with you know other competitors and you realize okay this is what we should do right and slides help create a visual framework to represent those uh insights right and to to help many audiences understand the same thing right you show a slide to a ceo you show a slide to a partner you show a slide to anybody they they get it they instantly get it you don't need an expert to understand that it's it's uh, everyone can understand that so consultants spend a lot of time uh you know sharpening that side of communication and i would say the fourth thing that happens in consulting a lot is um internal updates so consultants also spend a lot of time internally with their own stakeholders like with team members or with partners or with um you know anyone within their company they spend a lot of time on internal updates uh problem solving sessions uh, they do a lot of that to come to the to the answer right and they they use all the expertise within the firm to come to the answer now i'm guessing the question is well, how much time do they spend on each of these activities it varies a lot depending on the case right there are some cases where it's a pure strategy case right over there you have a lot of slide making a lot of data analysis there'll be some cases where you're helping the client implement a solution to a problem so there you're going to have a lot of client meetings that's going to be a very large part of the activities that you, you do uh and you know there'll be some cases that are due diligences where you're trying to acquire a target over there it's going to be a lot about data you know so every type of case has a different split but fundamentally uh you know these are the activities that you'll spend your day in when you work in consulting you'll be doing one of these four things uh you know you'll be talking to internal stakeholders you'll be talking to client stakeholders you'll be, you'll be working on data or you'll be creating slides those are the things that you do so any interest that you had worked on in the past how did you derive the most optimal solution for yeah so so i spent a few years at pickinzy uh, which is one of the leading starting firms and it was it was really great i really loved my time at pickinzy i think um, from from many in in many ways uh, both from uh, the learnings perspective Uh, and the personal life perspective i think i gained a lot from mckinsey because i think i made some of the best friends that i have till date at the firm which is surprising <laughs> you 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 you'd expect uh, that more from an educational environment but we you know there are so many peers like my yeah, peers right means i made some of the best friends there and i think uh, the speed at which you change cases right i was i was very lucky so in a very short period of time you know i was i was averaging around 5 to six cases a year and the usual average is like yeah. one one and two at most you know so five cases a year mean, meant that i think the thing i value the most at my experience at mckinsey is the amount of coverage that i could have across different industries across across different problem statements that not everybody had the opportunity to have even at mckinsey it was a it was a daunting challenge so i think i value that a lot uh, i think one of the projects that i really enjoyed uh this was a project that we were doing for a private equity company so um this was a, a you know a, a private equity company that
Right. Am I still audible? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'll go ahead. So this was a private equity company that wanted to buy a large stake in a very large Indian private bank, right? And I think that was this was a very short project, three weeks and a lot of work, right? You have to sit and analyze everything that a, a bank does and help someone make a decision on whether or not they should invest around, I think, uh, a few thousand crores in in an investment, right? So very very large scope. And I think the thing that I enjoyed the most was this was a very diverse team of people, right? It was, uh, you know, a, 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 a people coming from many different backgrounds in this team. Some of them were experts in, in, in financial services. Some of them didn't know anything about financial services. And we were doing a benchmarking activity across all the big banks in India, right? And trying to figure out whether this is the right investment or not. So the entire uh, financial, it, it was literally like an economy study. If you're trying to understand banking as a whole in India, and make a judgment that's what we were trying to do in a very short period of time and i yes. think we we spent a lot of time together as a team uh you know we really burnt the midnight oil and we were uh i think for me personally it was it was also fun because that was uh at, at a very junior tenure i had an opportunity to lead a couple of associates you know to be a supervisor because i had a lot of experience in that area and you know the, the team trusted me to take the lead in that my work stream was very interesting where, where I was trying to benchmark uh, you know how well this company does compared to other banks uh, in the retail space right so how are their products like how are they uh, you know simple things that that we use as layman right bank accounts and loans you know how are they doing in that area and I had to make a judgment on that which is um, which, which I was very happy with and I think uh, on the day we had the update and this is like a very large private equity fund uh, when we were providing the update, when we were talking to the, uh, you know, to those, one of the senior most people in the Asia Pacific region, in this private equity, we were all in the room. The entire team was in the room. We actually spoke and we presented our part of the work stream ourselves, you know. And uh, in the end, you know, the one line that will always, always stay with me, in the end that, uh, you know, the, this very senior leader from the client side said, guys, listen very carefully to what McKinsey is saying because this is exactly what we are going to do. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so wow. it was, yeah, so it was interesting. Really, yeah, so it, so it was a really, really nice project, very hectic, but I think, uh, you know, it brought together, and it, and it was a lot of learning, because I, while I knew a lot of it, there were a lot of things that were new too, and I think from the personal and the fun side also, it was a really nice case, because, uh, you know, we, so, uh, so the, our manager on the case, uh, she was always full of interesting stories about, uh, you know, uh, there was a very famous celebrity wedding that had happened a few months back. And there were only three people McKinsey, who went to that wedding, two of which were senior partners and third was the manager on our case. So this was uh, the talk of the town in, in, and she used to tell all insider stories about what she was doing. And yes. you know, <laughs> after after the project was over, we, we had a blast, right? Because the update went so well. I think we were, uh, we were at this really fancy rooftop hotel in... Uh, uh, in South Bombay, where we were just after working really hard for a week, we were I think for a two week when our update went really well. We were like we had like we took basically the entire day off. We had a meeting at twelve, and then we were the entire afternoon and evening we were just relaxing uh, near the uh, you know on the on this rooftop hotel close to the drive, and we were just relaxing and recounting wow. all the fun. That so it, from every way, I think this is a very memorable, very memorable uh, case for me. 
uh, I had an opportunity to lead a team. I had an opportunity uh, to work in a space that I really enjoy. Financial services, something that that I knew well, but I got to learn to uh, work very hard and had a very good update and had a lot of fun. So I think everything, everything in one case, uh, it was a very memorable case for me. I think that's the one I would pick. But I think when you combine a lot of learning with fun, it's just a lot more of happiness altogether. Absolutely, also enjoying what you're doing. Absolutely agree. Yeah, learning is super important. Uh, you know that's what makes you feel feel like you're moving forward. You know, in in your career, and uh, it it makes you feel like there is a lot of progress on the personal front also. So I think that's I agree. I value a lot. Uh, you know, learning a lot from so ma'am you mentioned that you worked in McKinsey. so could you walk us through the recruitment process for the consulting right so um, you know uh, mckinsey uh, and most of the top consulting companies uh, what they look for in in people is they're basically looking for people that can join the team and be problem solvers right so uh, the recruitment okay. process is actually very 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 uh, background agnostic right they don't mind if you come from any background Right, you could be someone who has, uh, you know, done an MBA. You could be someone who has who is fresh from undergrad. You could be an engineer. You could be a BCom grad. You could be a CA. You could be someone who uh, did an economics degree. You could be someone who has, you know, a background in uh, the army. You could be someone who has a background in fine arts. Right, they don't mind what whatever walk of life you come from. It's actually very agnostic to your background. The only thing that they look for is someone who is curious right someone who has shown excellence shown excellence in whatever they have chosen to do whatever that is right so there is not that much of a burden to have a lot of uh, you know existing uh, relevance but they but they like it that you know you have a passion for whatever you've done excellence in whatever you've done and the way recruitment works is anyone can apply right anyone who has any background can apply there are different positions for which you can apply but there are three things that are important in recruitment to get through. Number one, you need to have a very high quality resume, right? So, uh, of course, you, you do end up spending time on building your profile, but not just having a good profile. You really need to spend time on making, on polishing your resume to ensure that everyone can understand what your achievements are, on being very sharp about your language, about the impact, about uh, the context, right? Because uh, consulting has a very high bar for the resumes that come. And uh, through my own experience, right, at, at Mentor Result, I have helped, you know, uh, I've done like thousands of sessions for resume building, for case prep, right, for all of these things. And I can, I have seen the difference. There are so many people who have fantastic profiles, but they don't spend time in polishing up that resume and hence they don't get shortlists. And the ones that, you know, maybe, maybe they don't have a perfect profile, right, there may be huge gaps also, but if they spend time in ensuring that their resume makes sense to a person who doesn't know them who makes sense to a person who's not met them. I think that's the first and most important step, right? To get through and get a shortlist at some of these top firms. Uh, for all the shortlist holders, for everyone who's, who's invited for an interview, there are two parts of the interview that you need to crack. One is the personal interview, where they talk to you about yourself, your interests, your interest in consulting, uh, you know, everything about you, about your behavior, your personality, whether or not you will fit in the company. And the second and Typically, the more challenging and more important part of it is case interviews, right? So a case interview is basically, um, 
a mini a simulation a simulation of a real case just like i spoke to you about this due diligence case that i did or maybe some other cases that anyone has done it's a mini simulation where in a 20 or 30 minute time frame you're trying to simulate the interviewer tries to simulate what a real case would look like and hence try to understand from the candidate if they are a good problem solver they are a good communicator you know if they are able to uh sort of get to the answer well and follow a great process uh case interviews are very there's a lot of structured prep that's required for case interviews and similar to resume preparation case interviews are all about people who put in the effort and right? you could have great fundamentals you could be really smart you could be a great problem solver but you need uh, to learn the right techniques in case solving and you need to ensure that you're having the right type of conversation the right frameworks uh, to really wow your interviewer and make it through and once you're done with these three things uh, you could come from any walk of life you could have any background uh there's absolutely no discrimination there are people who come from many different backgrounds and if they do these three things well they are in right they are they are a consultant at some of the top firms wow sisters like ngb and bcg what qualities do they look for in their candidates before hiring them right so i think um if we look at the interviewer psyche right the interviewer who is sitting across you when and if you interview with any of these big firms uh they are typically partners right they are they are partners at the company so they are senior people at the company you don't have interviews with very junior people you have it like senior people and the thing that they look for is can we whoever we are interviewing can we uh, uh be a part of the team tomorrow right are they ready to be a part of the team tomorrow and what are the things that you need to be a part of the team uh, to be part of any case it's uh, i would see three things all right number one you need to be client ready right so being client ready is basically can we put this person in front of a client and make, can they sort of independently run that client relationship right can they talk to someone uh in a professional way can they sort of create shared interests and shared goals with that person right can they ensure that they are respectful and uh collaborative with clients and at the same time can they ensure that the case progress still happens through their conversations and through their work so that's the first thing can are the client ready uh the second thing is are they good problem solvers right so uh problem solving i would say is a mix of being data driven and being creative right so uh of course you need to know how to analyze problems you need to know how to think about different you know issues but at the same time are you also creative right are you able to take different lateral uh you know movements when you get stuck in a problem are you a good problem solver it's something that they look at and that's also why they take case interviews right case interviews test this problem solving and the third thing that they look for that's very important is are they a great communicator right so you have to be a good uh, communicator a spoken communicator but you also have to be a good visual and verbal communicator right so visual communication is charts charts slides data sets right can you understand and read and uh, uh, have clarity in those things and uh, you know being a written communicator is basically They, they want someone to be a good written communicator because there's a lot of email data slides all of these things that you make right that that you need people to be good at so yeah. which is why we when you talk to people in a case interview they like you to be structured right because if you're structured you'll be able to be a better written and visual communicator right if as opposed to someone who talks uh you know who goes around in circles for example uh, to give my own example when you ask me how does the recruitment process works it's a three point answer resumes right. interview to 
person interview and case interview right one two three now this will help you really take away that okay there are three things that i need to do if i need to get into consulting but if i start talking around in circles i say okay you know so they check your fit so you need to prepare for personal interviews and case interviews and oh just make sure your resume is also great you know that's what sort of creates confusion uh, that's that's the absence of structure that sometimes partners don't like so this that's which is why they look for this uh you know structured communication uh and they emphasize it a lot because that really helps you be a great uh, addition to any consulting team so these are the three things they look for being client ready being a good problem solver and being a great communicator right so you mentioned case interviews so which are the different types of case interviews that exist and are real life consulting projects anything like the case interviews so there are uh, you know it's case interviews are actually exactly like real life projects right as much as you can simulate a real life project in a 20 minute conversation they are almost exactly like that in fact uh, you know uh, when i help people practice for case prep or you know i i run a special case interview uh, preparation course right and then i do live sessions for that the one thing that i tell people is don't try to be hypothetical about your answers try to believe that it's a real it's a real project right how would you deal with it logically if it was a real uh, interview and the benefit of taking it that way is not only do you ace the interview uh, you also end up seeming like a very practical person to the to person sitting on the other side because they are actually dealing with it every day right so they they get someone who talks realistically and uh, you also become a better consultant like assume you join the firm you actually are a better consultant if you approach case prep in that way uh so the types of case interviews are actually very similar to the types of cases that exist in consulting right so it will be profitability right profitability is basically uh any any company that's struggling with profit or profitability profitability being a percentage number profit being an absolute number right that's one that's the most popular type of case um the next type of case i would say would be uh market entry right so if someone wants to enter a new market it could be maybe a new product it could be a new geography right that's a popular type of case uh third type of case i would say is pricing so let's say you have a product and you need to price it how would you choose what is the correct price how would you make the most money how would you have a good launch right how would you sell the most of the product so that's a pricing type of case interview uh the fourth would be uh growth right so growth is we have a firm today and we want to grow tomorrow what do we do right what can we do what can a specific client do to to grow tomorrow right um and there are a couple of other types of case uh, interviews also like for example due diligence and mergers and acquisitions is a type of case um you also have um, you know case interview topics uh, that could be a bit niche right sometimes they have a technology based case interview or they have an unconventional case right they could give you something uh, that that doesn't follow a very specific framework but to be very unconventional or you could have a market sizing case it's also called a guesstimate where you know you're sort of trying to guess what the size of something should would be right a popular type of guesstimate is how many tennis balls would fit in an aeroplane right <laughs> so it's, it it's a popular case interview and it it's they don't really they don't intend for you to go and fill tennis balls in a in a plane but sometimes they do this just to to help you to see how you know you're able to practice, to estimate numbers but uh, these are less popular the more popular ones are the profitability pricing type of cases because that reflects a real life situation much better and i think they also have a lot, there's also a lot of variance 
across industries, right? Yes. So you could have a financial services case, you could have an education type of case, you could have a case in manufacturing, in FMCGs, right? There are many different types of companies. Uh, and the, each of the case interviews could be a case in a specific type of company, basis, whatever that partner is in, whatever they feel like asking. Right, right. So generally, uh, as mentioned earlier, people from all walks of life generally uh, apply to become a consultant. And this would obviously mm -hmm. include MBAs. So, mm -hmm. uh, what are your take on uh, MBAs and do like consulting firms still give an advantage to those who graduated from like top MBA colleges like IIMs or Ivy Leagues compared to the ones who have like only work experience? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the thing to understand to answer this question is what does the internal structure of a company look like, right? So, uh, most, most of these consulting companies have different types of roles. Uh, so there are certain roles, it's it's called the junior associate role in McKinsey, it's called the senior associate role in uh, BCG, it's called the uh, consultant role in, no, it's called the associate consultant uh, role in uh, in Bain, right? So there are different names, but these are basically what they call the post-MBA role, right? So the post-MBA role will obviously only hire people who have done an MBA, right? But that's only one type of role in these firms. So there is also the pre-MBA role, which is people who've completed their first educational qualification, right? Who are fresh from undergrad. So there's a lot of recruitment that happens over there, with a lot of structured recruitment. Uh, and there's a lot of recruitment that happens laterally. So lateral yeah. recruitment is basically what you say, people with work experience, right? A couple of years of work experience, 10 years of work experience, two years of work experience. It could be anything, but that's someone who uh, is being hired laterally for, for any position. Uh, there are some pre-MBA roles and there are some post-MBA roles, right? All of these roles, you, you'll enter at a different level in the hierarchy, but Right. These are popular types of hiring practices. So you can never rule yourself out for consulting, to be honest, because there's always space for different type of profiles in consulting. Uh, you know, the, the key is consulting really looks for excellence more than it looks for, uh, you know, a specific background, right, or a specific education. So whatever you've done, if you've been excellent, let's say you have work experience, right, and you've done really well at the firm that you worked in, or let's say you have an MBA and you've done really well in the MBA that, you know, you studied at, or if you were you were an undergrad and you know you have a very interesting profile, you did a lot of extracurriculars, or you were very good at studies, or you had an interesting startup, right? Any anything that you have excellence in makes you an interesting hire for for consulting companies. Now uh, about do top uh, you know top IMs or Ivy League students do they have an advantage? In a way, there is an advantage because it is sort of a spike, right? It's something in your resume yes. that indicates excellence. It, it, it yes. indicates excellence. But the thing is, if you look at it, if you look at it from a group setting, yes, a lot of people from the top IMs do end up in consulting. But if you look at it from an individual lens, uh, having an uh, you know a, a degree from a top IM or an Ivy League school or any good school, even an undergrad, right? It 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 doesn't it it is uh, not necessarily not sufficient. You know, it's one of those things. It's not like it, you can only get through if you have that. It's just one thing that could potentially be an advantage for you. Nor is it sufficient. It's not like everyone from the IMs managed to get into consulting, right? You you need to prove excellence wherever you were more than you need to prove that you were in a specific place. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's, that's the take uh, that consulting companies have. And if you go and you do, you know, I would, say, I would encourage everyone who's listening to go and give it a shot themselves, right? Just go, to, go on LinkedIn and search for different types of people who work in consulting companies and you will find no pattern at all. You will find absolutely no pattern. Yes, there'll be a lot of people from the top IMs, but if you go and look at their undergrad, it'll be very different. 
right? If you see their hobbies, very different. If you see the lateral hires, their backgrounds will be very different. So, I mean, I would say even my even my profile, right? It seems to be a classic uh, consulting profile where someone have, was you know good at studies and they were at Ahmedabad and they had a good CAT score and they had a good you know whatever. But if you look at if you take if you look dig deeper. Right, I had no work experience before I went and did my MBA, and I did my undergrad from NM. Yeah. Right, I mean Mumbai girls would know what NM is, but in the larger scheme of things, I don't think I wouldn't put NM as the absolute top school. And BCom itself is something that's unconventional in an MBA. Right, so that's the thing that you know you can always take a you can always keep thin slicing a profile, and you'll always find. uh things that don't match consulting because there is really no pattern in consulting all that you need is you need to have a very structured uh preparation outlook right i have helped so i i have helped people crack consulting right my mentees have cracked mckinsey bcg pain optus right, right. Uh, monitor ipc across all companies i have i have helped people crack these top companies but you know there is no real pattern in you know the people that are cracking this the only pattern that i see is typically you need to spend a little bit of structured uh you know you need to do structured prep and you need to spend time uh because without that yeah. it's very difficult to pack consulting if you if you have that uh hard work i think everyone can potentially get in without having any of these big tags or a specific type of education right um i i would like to the last question for the day would be um uh, how should a consulting aspirant prepare for top have some advice for those two students especially the like us who are struggling in college yeah so you know i i would say uh you know number one uh really make the most of your college experience right i think when we are in college we are so focused on what will we do tomorrow that we don't spend enough time on really utilizing the uh you know the opportunities that we have at the time so it's great to do profile building right it's great to have a focus on your career in the future but i would say it's very important to uh focus on skill building more than profile building right do things that pick things that you're good at and do a lot more of it right build excellence in whatever it is that you like right so if you like music then spend time in playing music right become good at that take part in competitions take part in committees be in a band right have fun really really get better at what you're already good at and uh let's say you like public speaking do a lot more of that and you know i would say just parallelly try to have a basic uh hygiene score in your academics right and uh, you can also pick up other things that you like to do in academics right some people like to take up research projects some people like to work in startups some people like to have some sort of internships like everyone has their own thing i think if you're in college uh you know the best thing that you can do as you are spending time in that 3 4 year period uh you know really spend time in in doing different things and uh building a profile that is uh that doing something that you enjoy right because it's it's very evident that someone has done something that they enjoy and you can always build excellence in anything that the beauty of consulting right you, if you want to be a consultant they don't ask you uh are you good at you know just data analysis because i have like one of my friends you know she was a certified you know scuba diver i had one friend who was a national level swimmer and that was some of the resume spikes that they had on their cv now you don't you're not going to go and swim or scuba dive in consulting but they see your passion right they see that that you enjoy doing something so uh, that's the thing just focus on doing more of what you're good at right really building excellence in something that you're passionate about 
and i would say as you come close to the the end of your uh, you know your undergrad studies i think that's the right. time when you should start thinking seriously about uh, are you interested in consulting right if you're interested in consulting follow the three step pattern right the three steps that you need is number one uh, structure your all of your profile achievements into a fantastic resume number two like prepare a little bit for your uh, you know your behavioral your fit interview personal interview basically and the most important thing is to be sharp about case interviews because i think that's the one one stumbling block that most people face right they stumble over this case interview hurdle so many people with great profiles right not a passion they get a call back and then you know they have like they get a call back and then like 7 days are left for our final interview and it's going to be a case interview and i see this a lot right people come to me and they say this so now what should we do i'm like you just you just need to drop everything and prepare for cases and ideally if you're interested in consulting and you know you're going to apply that's actually the right time you know to sign up for either a case interview uh you know preparatory course or uh, do a session or talk to someone right start preparing for this there are a lot of resources online so really do research for those resources like i help people do this uh, so i know how valuable these resources can be really utilize it because it's a great um you know it's 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 actually a great return for the time that you spend it it takes one month to be an expert in uh you know in in case interviews but it's a huge boost in your long term career right so if you if you spend even a couple of years in consulting uh you know you're sort of set for uh, a lot of great exits or for making more progress within the field there are a lot of opportunities that open up for you so it's it's great return for your your time and your energy so you just spend the right time towards the end so i would say two things one focus on being excellent at whatever you like whatever it is right just be excellent at that in college and the second thing i would say is as you come to the close you know i would say towards placements the last 6 months or the final year of your college uh, really pivot and get into resume building get into applications and start preparing for cases early right start preparing for cases sooner rather than later if you do all of these things you know you will be i would say in the top 5 percentile of people who apply right so your chances of getting through are very 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 high because a lot of people don't do this you know so so do this it's actually very simple it's just uh, you know just stuck being structured in your prep do this and you'll have a very good shot thank you ma'am thank you so much for being part of our co- podcast and we've truly received a fresh perspective on uh, consulting excellent you know sana thanks for having me thank and, you uh, thank you thank you for this great platform i hope you. Uh, you know a lot of people take value from this path and i would say consulting is just one of the options that exist uh, right. you know overall i would say the most important thing is finding something that you enjoy doing for a long time and doing that right that's the most important thing <laughs> mama actually had a question mm-hmm. so the uh, warwick business school has this msc degree which is msc business and consulting right so is that like do people look at that as a requirement or what i don't know if you but are those skill sets like what recruiters look for mm. so if you have a background if you've done a so I, is this a masters degree masters it's degree. a masters okay. so i would say if you're doing uh, undergrad or masters right if you're doing it in a field that's related to business uh you still yeah. I, i would still say that you have to follow the path of being excellent at whatever you do uh but the thing is you may have a, a little bit it might be an easier path 
rather than let's say someone who has studied uh something that's completely not related to business simply because you have a much bigger head start in understanding cases and understanding business in general which is something that will come up in interviews and it's also something that consulting companies know they're going to make you do so i would say look at it as a skilling uh, thing don't look at it as a resume spike right think of this as a skilling if you're already interested in it, it it's a great path to go for because it will help you but is it that you only need to go for a masters that's in in consulting or in business is that the, is that an eliminating factor if you don't do that will you not get into consulting no that's not true uh ultimately you will need to be excellent at whatever you do but yes i have noticed that people with these backgrounds if they have some start head start in business it just makes life a little bit easier right rather than yes. having to learn things from scratch i would say that's how you do it right thank you so much ma'am thank you you're welcome okay i hope this session was insightful to all our listeners Follow us on Instagram at finical.magazine for more finance, business, economics and management related content. Stay tuned for more episodes.